This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmstead, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members in the state. Many of those members are burnt out. It's been a hard year for sure. And it was a hard year the year before, and the year before, and the year before. And with so many new challenges and duties being added to educators' plates and very few things coming off their to-do lists, there's a morale problem in a lot of places. Pickerington is one of them. That was very clear from a survey put out to members by the Pickerington Education Association leadership who was trying to get a better understanding of how members were feeling and what they could do to support them. And it was very clear that one of the members' big concerns about not feeling supported by the school board also had a lot of merit when there was pushback about the significance of the survey results. That galvanized the members even more. And so we asked Pickerington Education Association President Brad Harris to talk to us about it. Brad Harris, thank you for sitting down with us. Let's start with how you're feeling. How I'm feeling? Um, so, I mean, it's it's been interesting, you know, so I've been uh, PEA president for Pickerington Education Association president for since the beginning of this year um, because of a uh, um, an admin appointment of the, of our last PEA president. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been a big learning curve and it's been, uh, been interesting, I'd say. <laughs> and how has the school year been for you? Me personally, I think it's, it's been, it's been well, you know, so I, uh, I like my subject and I'm, uh, you know, I'm a non-tested subject. So, uh, you know, so it does give me a little bit more, uh, I guess, opportunities to, to, to do a lot of things that I think a lot of other teachers are frustrated that, you know, are, aren't frustrated that they can't do so. Well, very alarmingly, we're seeing that, what was it, close to 45% of the teachers who responded to your recent survey said they're thinking about not being teachers anymore. Did that surprise you? I mean, I think it's obviously a common trend. I do I mean, I think it's a really high number and I do think it's surprising that so many people are doing that, but really just having conversations with teachers over the last couple of years, uh, I do think there's a big concern with burnout with um, teachers feeling lack of control. And I do think that there's a lot of concerns that make it, make it understandable for why a lot of teachers feel that way. Let's backtrack a little bit. Where did the survey come from? What has been the trajectory of that? So, um, you know, so I got into, to, you know, basically being more involved in the PEA probably about five, six years ago. Uh, and I do think you know, there, there has been a lot of frustration, you know, and you could probably even go all the way back to, um, you know, back during the recession, back, you know, with all the cuts and hat that happened, uh, you know, a, a decade ago. And I think a lot of those cuts, were used to cut things and not bring things back. And I think since then, it's just uh, teachers have been stretched really far. I know it's not just Pickerington, but teachers have been stretched really far. And I think there's just been a lot of burnout and frustration with the lack of communication, a lack of support, um, and then just the amount of workload that teachers have. And uh, 
So as a result, we decided to put a survey together to kind of see where teachers are at and, and collect, have some data to basically back up a lot of these concerns we're hearing from everybody. So initially you had a, a decent response to this, um, and then you took the, the response, the data to the Board of Education. What happened? So yes, we, we had um, a pretty good turnout, about 20% or so actually ended up filling out the survey. Uh, and then yes, I did a presentation to the board where we presented that. And uh, there was a lot of, I guess, where the, the, the board and the superintendent um, questioned a lot of the data and questioned whether or not it really represented the group and, and questioned whether or not they, you know, this is really true and all that. So really in about within the next two days, uh, I think the um, board meeting made the rounds and really it's, you know, it's, it's had more views than any board meeting this year and teachers just started pushing to get everybody to fill out the survey. So within about two two and a half days, we had over 75% of our teachers fill out that survey. I should say educators, but yes, because it includes uh, guidance counselors and, and other uh, aspects as well, but yes. And the fuller picture really just amplified what that original sample size was saying, that there's a morale issue among many other issues for Pickerington educators. Why was that something important for you to be able to quantify as you're trying to respond to their needs? I, again, I think one of the biggest frustrations that teachers have had is the lack of communication and maybe even the lack of awareness of what's really happening in the buildings. So, um, you know, so we really want make sure that everybody's aware of what's happening here. And we're really one of our big pushes this year is to open up communications. So, um, so again, you know, this year we've done a lot with PEA with traveling to buildings and being and listening to, to teachers and uh, getting input from them and kind of seeing how we can use it to make the environment better for students and better for the teachers. And we're really just encouraging the board and the uh, district to really just do the same. And again, we really wanted to have some some data to really show these uh, concerns and and make them aware. Because again, I don't know, um, you know, if you're not in the buildings, I don't know if you really understand what's happening and what's really going on. And, and I think, you know, there's been a, a lack of of you know people really getting in, you know, in the district administrators visiting the buildings and seeing what's happening. And that really is borne out by the data you collected. Um, you asked how supported do you feel by your building administration with one being not supported, five being fully supported. So this is building administration. Most of the responses were four or five. They felt pretty supported. But when you got down to how do you feel, how supported do you feel about district office? Uh, most of those responses overwhelmingly were ones and twos and overwhelmingly they did not feel supported by the board of education. What kind of changes would you like to see happen? And what has changed since you initially reported this survey? So, I mean, I do think I've, I've had a couple of meetings with a couple of board members. I've uh, had a couple of sit downs with people at the district office. Uh, since this has happened, the superintendent has visited all buildings, all 14 buildings in our districts and have had conversation with all educators in our district. Uh, we have made some headway where, uh, where we can, where we've tried to carve out some more time for teachers to have some time for preparation, have some more time to do grading and to do a lot of work that, that basically just gets pushed on into the evening. Um, we've worked to 
uh, adjust the calendar for next year. So I think there's been um, a positive response from the district to try to work towards a lot of these things. Uh, and, and again, I think the biggest thing we're, we're trying to really push for is, um, is really, again, if, if there's, if people don't know what's going on and, and we're not getting communication from the district and they're not listening to what's happening down in the buildings, then I think it's really hard to operate effectively. And again, I think there's a lot of decisions that are made by people that have never been in the classroom during COVID that have never had to deal with these current circumstances. Uh, and, and again, I always kind of say it's, it's one of those things, a lot of policies we feel are things that may look good on paper, but, but unless you actually get into the classroom and, and you see what's happening, you know, it, it's hard to, um, to realize all the obstacles that, that get presented when you set up these types of plans. So teachers should be part of the conversation. Um, you know, and again, we, we respect districts, obviously, decision-making and, and, and their role. But again, teachers have a vital um, knowledge. They have vital resources. They have vital input on this. And that's really what we, what we want to see is this understanding that, that we, want, we want more of a say and more impact on, on how we can help kids and be able to uh, even, again, have communications and even understanding from the district for why they're doing what they're doing instead of just unilaterally sending out these directives. To me, that really drives home the value of the union membership there, that you are able to fight for them with the administration, with anybody who needs to hear their voice. Is that how you address or how you see your role? Yes. I mean, yeah, I think so. I I think, again, it's, you know, being as a role of uh, union leadership, I think it does it does put me and our other officers in a unique situation to where, where we can be vocal and we can voice a lot of these concerns. You know, and I know, um, you know, teachers, well, any, anybody is always afraid, to, you know, to kind of talk to their employer with concerns that they have. And, um, and there's also ways you can kind of dismiss that, which I think happened a bit at the board meeting. But when, again, you collectively put this together and you have, um, you know, over 500 participants in a survey. And when you have the backing of almost 700 union members, uh, that I think does give you a loud voice and that does um, can emphasize that a lot more. And, and that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to basically just make to, to represent our members and, and try to have a collective voice on a, a lot of these concerns. Now, you touched on it a little bit, but I want to get a little deeper into this. What impact does the current state of morale for educators have on the students they serve? I think, again, it's um, everything's stretched. So I think, um, you know, it's hard to do anything well when you have to do so many things and you're juggling so many things. And yes, I mean, when it's burnout, when teachers are burnout and teachers are not basically are having to take work home because they're doing extra subbing and they can't do planning and they can't do all these other things they used to be able to do. Sorry, that's our school bell there. But um, they have all these planning and things they got to do. Yes, it it absolutely impacts your ability to offer quality education. And it, and it definitely, and again, I think teachers are stepping up and I think they're amazing in the things that they're doing. But I think it ultimately does affect the kids. And really the kids are stressed. I mean, it, again, they're coming back from COVID. They're coming back from, you know, virtual and doing all these types of things. And and I do think we're, you know, we're seeing a lot of behavioral issues. And I think that is something that's happening statewide and nationwide as well. But, but I almost feel like there's no time to even address these 
behavioral concerns and these stressors that kids have because there's so many other things that we're expected to do as well. And I think sometimes you almost need to take a step back, you know, kind of slow things down and, and work on addressing some of these basic concerns. Because if, if, if kids are overworked, if kids are stressed, if teachers are overworked and teachers are stressed, then yeah, it, it's hard to have that higher level, um, you know, learning environment and productive environment um, because you're not meeting these basic essential needs. And let's be clear that the teachers were overworked and stressed before the pandemic and just a mountain of work and new duties and new responsibilities were added. Uh, you, in that survey, your members responded, uh, programs and initiatives that had been added to their workload this year included subbing, um, quarantine work, behavior needs of students, um, class size, COVID protocols, second step, school connect, um, all sorts of building specific initiatives. And I think the very telling part of all of this data was that 95%, more than 95% of the members who responded to the survey said nothing has been taken off of their plates. It's not sustainable. I agree. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's, there's gotta be a breaking point and, and there is, um, it is not sustainable. And um, yeah. And again, you throw in all those things. It's just, it's hard. It's hard for teachers to, to do the things that they do well, because there's so many things that are, that are happening. Yeah. And all teachers want to do is just meet the, de- the needs of their students. They, they've dedicated their lives to making sure their students can succeed. Do you feel like yeah. we're going to get back to better footing for everyone? I hope so. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of concerns with, um, you know, kind of the the trends with education, I think, uh, you know, across the state and across the country. I I do think that there is this realization, um, you know, that there's a major concern that we are at this point, maybe losing more teachers than we're able to replace it with. And I do think that there needs to be this realization that, um, you know, that the, the kids have needs that are not being met either with, with the current way that the structures are. So, so hopefully we can turn things around. And again, I think if we can, I think one of the groups that, sh- that, that should be the voice to push that would be teachers. Because again, I, I, I'm amazed every day at the things I see teachers doing and the ways that they adjust and the ways that they adapt. And, and again, there's so many things that they do that I think are really actually almost insane to go above and beyond to help their kids. And again, that's, I think, one of the things I want to try to do too, because teachers aren't always the best at advocating for themselves because they're always advocating for their students. But, but again, you can't push yourself to the limit to help somebody else because once you start to break down, then, then you know, that house of cards kind of falls down. So, so again, that, that's another thing that I really am trying to do in my role is to try to advocate for teachers uh, where they don't maybe feel comfortable doing so. So what's next? Do you plan to put out another survey at another point and, and do a progress report? Um, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of gauge it going forward. I do think, you know, um, I do plan on talking to the board again and showing the final numbers. Again, I've had some discussions um, with um, with some, some board members independently and, and with some of the uh, people at the district office administrators independently. But I'd like to sit down with both the district office and, and, and with the board uh, and go over these numbers and, and, and lay out some things. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing now. And I do think, you know, again, I, there's been 
And I think that there has been some some headway we've made before the speech, but I do think that that's definitely helped. Um, and really, the biggest thing is to just to just keep pushing, um, you know, to 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 bring these these numbers down. And and I do ultimately think, you know, obviously the board. Uh, I, I think most people probably get into board and, and administrative and teaching all for the same basic reason. But I think when you get bogged down with what you're doing, you kind of maybe lose sight of the big picture. And that's really what, again, I think the goal is, is, is to realize the big picture and maybe there's, there's components that they're missing. So, I, so again, I do think the district really does have a willingness to work through these problems. Um, but again, I think our voice in, in making them realize our perspective is what we need to continue to keep to do. And I think one of the reasons your voice has has gained so much power is because um, you got the, the educators riled up. They responded to that survey in a way they had not initially done. Are you seeing some momentum from that where they're willing to advocate for themselves a little better? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I think um, even with the, the superintendent visiting the buildings, I think teachers have been more willing to to speak up and voice their concerns and again really and i and i encourage the the board in the district to do this as well because really the biggest thing i'm hearing from teachers is they're just so happy that they finally feel like um that their voice is being heard and that the, and that there is advocation happening in that in that hope they're hoping that the basically the, the board will do that as well and again obviously um you know, it's something we've worked toward, but I, yeah, I do think that that board meeting has been a catalyst for a lot of that as well. Well, Brad, thank you so much for sitting down to, to walk me through the numbers, but thank you so much for being the voice for your members. It is so important, especially right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I said, we had a lot of great, great things going on with a lot of great teachers. And, uh, you know, I said, I'm just, I'm just one, I'm just one member out of the almost 700 that we have and just trying to do my part really. So thank you so much. Thank you. Now we want to hear from you. Do you have a story to share on this podcast? Is there something going on in your local worth highlighting? Email me at educationmatters at ohea.org. Or you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. We're at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well.